0: Welcome to The ConFab. I'm Eric Felton. This is where the editors and writers of The Weekly Standard get together to talk about what's in the magazine, what's in the news, and whatever else may be on our minds. Fred Barnes is here to talk about what's really driving up Obamacare premiums. And then John McCormick is coming by to talk about how there's still time in the budgetary calendar for Congress to defund Planned Parenthood. All that coming up on The ConFab. And now it's confab time. You know how we know it's confab time? How? Because Fred Barnes is here, so the confab wouldn't be the confab without Fred Barnes. Ooh, okay. Welcome, Fred. Thank you. Good to have you, as always. Well,
1: you know, if there's a confab, that's where I want to be.
0: <laughs> so last week on the confab, mm-hmm. we were talking about your article in the Weekly Standard, mm-hmm. and um, the the theme of which was, he's at it again, and everybody in Washington knows who you're talking about if you say he's at it again. And um, as if being determined to prove you wrong, Mm -hmm. the president pretty much had a week in which he wasn't at it again.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it's... uh uh, just coincidental that uh, General John Kelly became the White House Chief of Staff, and one of the first things he did, I think, on Monday morning, <laughs> was fire the mooch, and get him, clear him out of the, out of the White House, and back to Long Island. I think Scaramucci
0: should be a, should be a verb to yeah. to, <laughs> to have your job summarily taken mm-hmm. away from you. Let's on 10, 11 days in, 10, in the job. 10, 11
1: days, yeah. That was, <laughs> if he just stopped before uh, Friday of last week, he might have been better <laughs> off. That's when he had that scorched earth uh, chat with uh, Ryan Lizza of The New Yorker.
0: The one bit of big news for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. though, this week is uh, the late breaking news at the toward the end of the week that, mm-hmm. um, that Bob Mueller has impaneled a grand jury mm-hmm to be looking into the russia connection mm-hmm. um, how bad a news is that for the white house
1: well i think it uh... it shows that there's a better chance of uh... having an indictment of somebody uh... than there was before he impaneled the grand jury doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen but uh... If, if that's what you're after uh... and you're the prosecutor that's the thing you need to do
0: and once you've got a grand jury it, it's sort of notoriously the case that prosecutors can get grand juries to indict just about anybody if they're really intent on it.
1: Yeah, they can, and uh, uh, I guess we don't know all the all the evidence that uh, Mueller has found. He's he seems to have hired every uh, pro Clinton a prosecutor in the universe to be a part of his staff. Uh, and that's not a good sign for Trump and his family and anyone in his administration either. But uh, I don't want to read too much into it. I mean, Mueller has had a great reputation, and I, I think he sort of undermined it by uh, by the people that he's hired uh, to be on his staff. But ultimately, okay. he'll be judged by by how this thing winds up. But I do wonder about that. Mm -hmm.
0: Why, in such a highly charged political context, and given how many great attorneys there are in Mm -hmm. Washington, do you pick a
1: lot of attorneys who have connections to the Clintons? It's uh, surprising even to people who know Mueller well. I'm not one of them, but uh, people who have been great defenders of his who thought that uh, even the fact that he is a friend of James Comey, the fired FBI director, that 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 might have been in the case of somebody else. That might have been something you'd worry about, but not Mueller because he's such a straight shooter. Uh, and then he hires all these people. It's uh, uh, it is uh, it's a wonder that uh, more hasn't been made of this, but since the press is so anti-Trump, uh, uh, they, uh, the mainstream media seems to be quite comfortable with it.
0: Well, let's talk about your article in the Weekly Standard, mm-hmm. in the newest e- edition of the Weekly Standard, in which you're talking about, oh, no, we can't, we don't, have to do this again do we (laughs) Obamacare and and repeal and replace Mm -hmm. so There is at least something we learned in the process. What what were the things we learned? (laughs) Well, we learned other than that the Senate
1: is dysfunctional. Well, the Senate is dysfunctional. At least the at least the uh, Republicans are. The Democrats are pretty functional. You know, when you get forty eight of them to all stand together and and oppose uh, any repeal and replace plan, uh, you're doing pretty well. uh, Look, it's easier to be in the opposition than. Than uh, in the majority, but uh, but still, I'll, I give Democrats uh, uh, Democrats a lot of credit for being united, and Republicans, they're not united.
0: That's what they're good at.
1: They're 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 good at it. I, I wrote a a piece about it saying they're just not uh, good team players. And and I think that's still true. It wasn't just on health care. I think we're going to see I, – I fear we're going to see some of it on an issue that is really a Republican issue. And, of course, that's tax reform and tax cuts. Health care is not really that issue. But uh, once uh, uh, disunion uh, starts to spread, it can, it can really be harmful.
0: You talk in this article about a study done by McKinsey yeah. – for the Health and Human Services mm-hmm. Department, that it um, was significant, and yet everybody tried to sit on it mm-hmm. um, throughout the process of the debate of what to do with Obamacare. Yeah,
1: including the Republicans. Why? Uh, well, it, it, that's kind of hard to figure out, but my, and, and I guess— uh, Uh, I have my guesses. For one thing, uh, this study showed that it's a community rating. uh, And and what is community rating? Well, I'll tell you what it is. A community rating means you charge everybody the same price uh, for their health insurance, whether they're male or female, even though women spend more on health care than men do, and and whether they have some horrible health uh, prior disease. So all this traditional insurance stuff of
0: doing actuarial tables, throw that out the window. Yeah,
1: this is not Insurance, but this is required by Obamacare, and what it means is that for the price that they charge anyone else for an, uh, an insurance policy, the insurers uh, that have to charge uh, that to people who are great risks of of costing the insurance companies a lot of money, and that drives up the the, uh, the premiums for everybody.
0: And then there was one other element that uh, was identified as driving up costs, mm-hmm. and um, that was the pre-existing conditions. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. well, they're a part of uh, It's a part of the overall thing of, of community rating. It means you have to. Uh, there's somebody perfectly healthy uh, that you uh, uh, offer a policy for this amount. You have to same uh, offer the a policy for the same amount of the person who comes in with lung cancer.
0: This study had been done for health and human services mm-hmm. for HHS mm-hmm. and yet HHS did not want to put it out during the debate mm-hmm. is there did anybody ever explain why they didn't want to put out this information w- about what was actually driving up costs in healthcare
1: well the senator who got these uh, who finally got this study out of uh, HHS uh, uh, had a little trouble finding it out, but he was uh, uh, figuring out what HHS was up to. But uh, and this is uh, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, uh, who, who said he asked him and he asked him and he asked him and he asked him again, and it would it wasn't until he'd written an angry letter to Tom Price, the Secretary of HHS, and and McKenzie itself to. That uh, that he finally got it, I think what it shows is that the uh, the Republican uh, substitutes for Obamacare uh, were actually, since they included a community rating and guaranteed issue and a great number of other things that are are, we remember from Obamacare itself, since it was so little different uh, from Obamacare that it was an embarrassment to uh, Republicans.
0: My favorite little detail from your story, though, is that when HHS did finally send the report over, they had yeah. scrubbed it of all references to HHS and McKinsey. Everybody yeah. took their name off it. Nobody I wanted.
1: Know. I know. Look, this is the new conservative Republican HHS right. you know, headed <laughs> by Dr. Tom Price. You know, I mean, they're acting. I mean, I don't know what would be the difference between this HHS and the prior one under Obama. Not much.
0: So HHS also had a study on the Cruz Amendment, Mm -hmm. which was the amendment uh, to the Senate health care bill that said that as long as you offer, as an insurer offers in a given state, one Obamacare compliant policy mm-hmm. that it can then go ahead and offer various other non Obamacare yeah. policies. Yeah, all
1: those ones that the New York Times called junk insurance. Of course, these are the ones that anybody under 40 wants to buy catastrophic policies that don't care for health care visits to the doctor that you're not going to do anyway. So, uh, but if you're in a car wreck, uh, well, you need that insurance. The. Uh, it uh, The Cruz Amendment, one of the nice things about it is every Republican or at least 49 of the Republicans uh, in the Senate got a copy of that report because Ted Cruz took a pile of them up to the White <laughs> House when Donald Trump had that lunch with 49 Republicans and distributed them to, to all the other senators. That's uh, I'll tell you, That's there's a guy who's a good communicator. Is there any stomach among
0: Republicans in the Senate? for one last go at health care reform.
1: No, I think their last go is going to be to bail out Obamacare. And because this is, uh, you know, to give the insurance companies uh, a whole lot of money for subsidies for enough for people, money that the, uh, was not uh, set aside for in Obamacare, actually. I mean, it had to be freshly uh, appropriated by the Senate, uh, I mean, by Congress. And when it wasn't, then Obama paid it anyway. But uh that, that hasn't happened so far under under Trump, and he's threatening not to go along. But you know what? He'll cave.
0: So you mentioned a little bit before uh, tax reform. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember sitting here in the confab studio some time ago when you were <laughs> making the case that Republicans would have been well served. To take up tax reform first—it's—it's it's oh, kind of yeah. their effort, oh, their I kind know. of issue. I know, and and they could have gotten a success that they could have built on, mm-hmm. as opposed to now mm-hmm. they're reeling from the failure mm-hmm. of Obamacare repeal and replace. Mm-hmm. Um, how. Badly is the health care debacle going to weigh on their ability to otherwise do what would be natural mm. for them, which is tax reform.
1: Well, it has, you know, that failure really has had a disuniting effect on Republicans. On the other hand, they are unusually organized on tax reform. Uh, they have this, I call it the Gang of Six. Uh, you know, the Treasury Secretary, the Gary Cohn, the leading economist at the White House, and uh, the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee and the House Ways and Means Committee, and then uh, uh, Speaker Ryan and Senate Majority Leader McConnell. Those six, they get together, and they've uh, agreed on the outlines of a plan, not the specific numbers, uh, but they'll get to that pretty soon. They are organized on this issue in a way they never were on health care, so uh, despite the... The splits in the Republican Party. I think they have a pretty good chance to get this. Not as good a chance as they would have if they'd gone with this first, though.
0: Although maybe they they will feel an urgency to uh, succeed at something.
1: Well, you'd hope so. And if they could, if they could, the best thing that could happen is they'd get together, they'd agree on a bill, and they'd muzzle Trump.
0: Fred Barnes, executive editor of the Weekly Standard. Thanks for joining us on the
1: confab. I never miss a confab.
0: Support for the Confab comes from the Dollar Shave Club, the smarter choice. You get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer. You don't have to schlep to the store and try to get razors out of those little plastic safes that are always locked behind. No cheap disposable razors that give you a cheap shave. And you don't spend a fortune on 14-blade razors with magic lubrication strips or other gimmicky shave technology. It's just a great razor paired with Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for a smooth, gentle shave. Listeners of the Confab can make this smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. New members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only five bucks. In your first month box, you get a weighty handle, a cassette of four razor cartridges, and a tube of shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel any you like. For this exclusive offer, go to dollarshaveclub.com weeklystandard. Now we welcome to the Confab Mr. John McCormick, senior writer for the Weekly Standard. John, how are you doing? Doing well. Good. You have an editorial in the magazine this week pointing out that the failure to repeal and replace Obamacare in the Senate had consequences for the funding of Planned Parenthood. What happened?
2: Well, uh, you know, this has been a pro-life uh, priority for about a decade now. Mike Pence, uh, now the vice president, first introduced a measure back in 2007 to defund Planned Parenthood. Uh, that effort uh, regained uh, greater support in 2015 when sort of these horrendous uh, videos came out, uh, revealing that Planned Parenthood was in the business of trafficking of human organs from aborted uh, children. You know, I think the real import of these videos is is not just the the, the ghoulishness the grotesqueness of you know crushing a, a human being with organs. We're talking about you know a, d- a developed human being, a human being that has eyes and a heart and lungs and a brain. And when you hear the abortionist uh, or the Planned Parenthood representative talking about it in such graphic terms, that's what really actually, I think, got to people. I think that it was it was a ghoulish story to hear that they were you know, selling these uh, body parts uh, for an amount of money, again, which they said they try and break even or make a little extra if they can in a reasonable way. Uh, there was some debate about whether or not that might be illegal, it doesn't seem to me that it actually is. I think that law was written broadly enough uh, by left-wing Democrats in the early 90s that it it wasn't a violation of law, but it's still a a moral horror. And um, so back in 2015, about two years ago to the date, um, of this week at least, uh, Congress, the Senate voted for the first time a majority, tried to defund Planned Parenthood. They were blocked by a Democratic filibuster. Um, and John McCain, of all people, you know, moderate uh, Republicans, said that there should be a government shutdown to defund Planned Parenthood. It was that big of a pro-life priority, that big of an issue. Um, you know, they didn't have a government shutdown. I, I personally thought that would have been counterproductive uh, to achieving pro-life ends. It didn't really, I mean, if the government shuts down, funding to Planned Parenthood would still go forward. So it didn't seem to me to actually solve the problem. It didn't really seem to be an end game there. But it shows you how committed Republicans were that voices like John McCain or saying two years ago to this date that we should have a government shutdown to defund Planned Parenthood. And so what I try and get across in this piece is just pointing out that this remains a big issue. It got tied up in the healthcare vote because there's this reconciliation vehicle. Uh, The reconciliation bill can't be filibustered, so you only need a simple majority. That's why they tried to do healthcare in there. That's why they tried to attach the Planned Parenthood uh, piece to it. And uh, my point is that they've still got until September 30th to use this reconciliation bill. It's essentially sitting on the shelf right now, um, but it's going to expire basically by the end of the fiscal year. That's what a lot of legislative experts will say. Not entirely clear that's when it expires, but that's what a lot of people are saying. And and so my point is that listen, if they if they can't uh, come to a consensus on Obamacare, they should go ahead and try and keep their pro life promises, their pro life commitments. Uh, you know, not only so just would on-
0: this take the form of a sort of freestanding reconciliation bill that would defund Planned Parenthood well, what the and bi- not what, do other things. Well,
2: what the Planned Parenthood provision does is uh, it. Um, it defunds Planned Parenthood, takes the money, and gives it to community health senators. Now, for a reconciliation bill to pass, it does need to have some sort of, some minimal amount of deficit reduction savings. And because the Planned Parenthood piece doesn't actually save any money, they would need to do something else. But there are creative ways uh, to figure out to save a little bit of money in over a 10-year period. Um, you know, they could do this, I mean, they could do this with parts of that skinny repeal bill, and most of them uh, were simple and uncontroversial, things like uh, expanding health savings accounts, uh, suspending the employment, Those things all add to the deficit, so they need to come up with some deficit savings. Um, There's also this idea of this uh, Graham-Cassidy, Lindsey Graham and Bill Cassidy, senators from South Carolina and Louisiana. They both have an idea to sort of block grant uh, the Obamacare money back to the states and let them figure things out themselves. That solves a pro-life problem with these Obamacare tax credits. It would also defund Planned Parenthood. That's one option. um, That's still out there could pass, might not, who knows. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just my point is that they should uh, honor their pro-life commitments one way or the other.
0: So these things always come with political costs. There are arguments that are uh, vigorous on on both sides. One of the things that Planned Parenthood has been very savvy about is to position themselves as a provider of basic women's health care services so that any effort to take on their abortion-providing practices, um, is met with cries that health care is being taken away from women. Have Republicans figured out any way to respond to that claim?
2: Well, they have figured out a way to respond to it. I don't think they do necessarily a very effective job. I mean, there are several several arguments they could make. First of which is that they're not cutting one dime uh, from funding for for women's health care. They are redirecting the fun, the money that goes to to line the pockets of abortionists at Planned Parenthood and redirects that money, all of it, to community health centers. There are thousands of community health centers across the country. Um, you know, th- there's also been a lot of reporting done on how Planned Parenthood has exaggerated uh, the other services that they provide, the, so, the good services that they provide. Um, you know, for example, they've said publicly that they provide mammograms. In fact, Planned Parenthood doesn't provide mammograms at all. They tout the fact that they, um, you know, will help people uh, place place children in adoptions. And if you call a lot of Planned Parents, there is a, a, a video released by this pro-life activist, these pro-life activists at a group called Live Action, uh, showing that the Planned parent representatives would often tell them to, to look it up on Google, uh, you know, if, that's, a, if, if that's, that's if that's if that's healthcare, helpful. you know, Doctor Google will you know help you figure it out. Or um, so it's. I think there are several arguments that they can make. You know, as for contraception, you know, the government already spends hundreds of millions of dollars on that. You don't need to go to Planned Parenthood for that. Some uh, conservatives have even proposed um, making contraception available over the counter.
0: So when will we know whether the Republicans have figured out what to do on Planned Parenthood? with the reconciliation bill?
2: You know, I would think that they'll probably, healthcare is such a priority that I think there'll be a push to try and do something on healthcare up until the end of September. Um, I don't think we'll see any movement one way or the other until the end of September. But I do think, especially if um, Republicans and Democrats are inclined to do some sort of bipartisan bailout for insurers in a bipartisan bill, that wouldn't be a reconciliation bill, but if they did that, I think that there would be added pressure um, to do something conservative, you know, if you're gonna, if you're can gonna do you can, something...
0: you imagine any world though in which Democrats put a, a single vote into restricting funding to Planned Parenthood?
2: No, that's why they'd be two separate pieces of legislation. So I'm thinking, if, if Republicans, and I think this is dicey politics as it is, or maybe bad policy too, um, there are some Republicans on, on Capitol Hill who are interested in a bipartisan bailout, basically for um, you know health, uh, the Obamacare plans, and there was one of these bailouts in. The, the GOP healthcare bill; they were Republicans were willing to tolerate that as a transition away from Obamacare. Will stabilize it in the short term as we move to a better system, not a great system, but a better system. Um, but a lot there's going to be a real push against that uh, by conservatives if uh, Republicans try and do that as a standalone measure with no further reform. So I really think you probably do need something like you know maybe this Graham Cassidy compromised to block grant back to the states. You know just a standalone measure on uh, bailing out insurers, bailing out Obamacare plans is going to be pretty ugly politics on the right.
0: John McCormick, thanks for joining us on The Confab. Thank you. That's it for The Confab this week. Be sure to tune in to The Confab every week. Just go to iTunes or Google Play for a free subscription or go to our website, weeklystandard.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.